0: Welcome back, I'm Carl Mack, and this is Combat Chronicles. Bit of a weird one today because I did the bulk of this week's podcast and over on the Patreon. If you want to hear the whole episode, it's called uh, Fights I Missed in 2022 and UFC 283. It's all one episode. It's got some free bouts from three different sports last year um, that I should have covered in real time, so to speak, but didn't. Just to sort of tie a bow around last year. It's got a look at Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith, which, uh, yeah, that was quite something. And then it's got a look at UFC 283. But, you know, all you lovely, lovely people here on this regular feed, I thought I'd give you a snippet of that and treat you to my sort of thoughts on the two title fights, at least, from that UFC 283 card. If you want to hear the rest, obviously, head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. So here they are. So onto UFC 283 then. I'm going to start off with the two title fights and then have a cursory glance at the uh undercard as well. So we'll start with the small boys before we get to the big lumps. Brandon Moreno uh, defeating Davison Figueredo by stoppage uh in between the third and fourth round. The series ends 2 1 and 1 although it should be 2 and 2 as I've spoken about before I'm sure. Um, this is a lesser effort from these guys, in my opinion, not to detract from them. Um, I think Moreno was playing it safe. We'll see that. We see that in the amount of control time he has on top, but he doesn't really do much. Uh, Figueroa obviously was able to time up well, but yeah, really, Moreno was a bit conservative in that regard. He's probably worried about uh, Figueiredo throwing up a triangle, an armbar, etc., etc., uh, especially in the first round when he uh, tried to, you know get a bit spicy and nearly got heel hooked for his efforts well not nearly but you know it, it was it was always a, a worry um second round was clearly the best round could have gone either way but when they were fun and scrambling and there's lots going on um you know figure out it was one of the few people jumping at gilly that you're actually happy to see him do it because it's such a dangerous weapon for him you know that was just excellent stuff that that rivals anything from the series. Um, but for me, Figueroa, he, he looks slow off the mark. He looks just a tad slow in terms of his reactions. Um, not able to sort of get his uppercut counters off like he usually would. Just seems to be a little bit off, and that matters at this level. So um, if he does move up to 135, that might help him uh, making a big weight cut. And I think he looked fine physically. I don't want to try and explain this away with weight cut issues, um, which everyone always worries about Figueroa going into these fights. But he looked fine physically. Um, but that might help him a little bit. I don't see him do anything at 135. Um, it's stacked. I've said this a million times in a podcast. It's stacked worldwide. Um, it's stacked at 135 in the UFC. He will win some. He will beat some guys that are well suited to guys on the up that could be used uh, in better fashion, um, and he could use some guys that are borderline. Beat some guys that are borderline contenders. But I don't see him as a legitimate title contender going forward. I think the clamouring a couple of years back for something like Figueredo versus Piotr Jan, not that interested in that now. Um, and that's what Brandon Moreno, UFC, have finally got the flyweight champion they want. Uh, yeah, he did what he had to do. In the third round, he landed a really nice left hook to the eye, which caused a swelling and brought about the end of the fight. So, yeah, Brandon Moreno, he's capable of, of more than this, I think, but he fought how he had to. Um, really loves that liver kick as well, that... Uh, Front kick uh, to the to the liver. He's really favouring that. It got him in trouble here because Figueredo's sort of still wild enough to catch it and dump him on his ass. But um, he's really liking that nowadays. And uh, as as we saw him use against Kai Kara so I'm really intrigued uh, to see him add even more to his game if he can. Uh, as for the whole series as a, as a whole, it it does leave a bit of sour taste in my mouth because really after the first one, you know that that was a robbery in my opinion or at least a dodgy decision. Um, second one incredible from Moreno to win the title. Third one, in retrospect, when you when you look at all four fights and consider that Figueredo has probably been a bit past his best. Well, he weren't good for the second one, but you know, clearly has lost a, bit, a step. I would say is fair. I think we consider the trumps that he got in the second fight, and taking all that into consideration, the third fight is the most impressive and meaningful win of the of the four. Um, but you know, history books will show it as a tightly contested, competitive series, and Brandon Moreno uh, winning the series two one and one. Uh, if nothing else, it's really, really close between the two. And uh, Figure Radio's really got no shame whatsoever uh, to take from his performances in these series. And uh, be really interested to see what Moreno does. I mean, I watched Brandon Moreno, and I think Mohammed makayev could have nothing for this guy. It's just an absolute whitewash. It'd be interested to see who's coming up. Uh, who could potentially challenge him. Obviously, the obvious fight to make is yet another fight between Brandon Moreno and Pantosia. I think that has just fucking got fireworks all over it. Um, those boys got a score to settle, when Pantoja is the most meaningful challenger out there. After that, I have to wait and see. Um, I think Flyweight's been in a bit of a... a bit of an, not a rut, but I think I can see a sort of fall in coming in terms of... Uh, you might look at something like, say, Tetsuro Taiyar. I've said before, he's very much still a prospect. Might not make it at all. I think the uh, best thing possible for me would be for the UFC to try and get Demetrius Johnson back. But we, uh, we know that's definitely never happening. Another thing that's almost definitely never happening is a return uh, for Glover Teixeira, who announced his retirement after his one-sided shellacking at the hands of Jamal Hill Hill, um, everyone's newest, least favourite champion. Um, but I thought Hill actually did some good work in this. He um, was able to draw out um, some uh, good reactions from Glover and set him up for bigger shots. I thought you know the uppercut worked really well for him. Um, I thought his, his rear end was decent. I thought he showed poise um, and really good takedown defense. We, we've seen you know the, the difference between heel and say Juri uh, Paharska or for an even better example, Jan Belhovic. Um, it's not a day, um, you know, we know Glover loves to grab that leg, transition to the high crotch and dump you, um, it was not that easy for him, eventually he transitioned to a double leg takedown and got him down but Hill was poor, he's managed to reverse at least at one point, um, you know, even in, in the fifth round where Glover in desperation got that mountain, you thought right here we go, he's got a couple minutes left and Hill snuck out the back door, Um so, you know, fair play to him. He's he's definitely exceeded my expectations. I think his debut is when he came in and got absolutely fucking smashed by Paul Craig, right? Um, he got his arms snapped. Uh, still not particularly good, in my opinion. Uh, Glover is, you know, 43 or whatever he is, going on 55. He's slow as molasses, as the Yanks like to say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, for me, it, one route on the feet. And... Uh, yeah, Hill negated uh, most of Glover's strength. So, loved the kicking game from Hill. Uh, loved, the, as I say, his hands look pretty good and crisp for a 205-er uh, against someone who's really, really slow and, and one note. Um, but Glover's x here is extremely tough, and that was pretty tough to watch, actually. Um, yeah, he took a beating. He exceeded my expectations to the extent that I thought, well, coming off that war against Yuri um, haska he's probably just going to get annihilated early doors, you know, his age, that kind of battle, that felt like a last stand. But this was his last stand and it was pretty sad to watch. Um should have been stopped. Really should have been stopped. Um don't like to see that sort of stuff in the corner. If an experienced coach like Hackelman wants to stop it, you fucking stop it. Um you know and really didn't have much of a chance, Glover. So yeah, didn't like it, um, but you know he goes to gets to go out on his shield, proud, having gone the distance. Um, not the easiest guy to stop, unless he's fighting the you know, prime rumble Johnson. Tough fella. Um, obviously, he's been stopped a couple of times, Glover. But I mean, in like terms of stopping, he's not easy to stop. Um, tough, tough fella. Who had a very improbable uh, eventual run and win of the title. He's been running on fumes for a while now. You know he's been hurt in pretty much every fight he's had. Uh, recently, not recently, even last going back, you know, his last like, 10 fights. Um, a feel good story, all in all, and again, nothing to be ashamed of. You know, Figueroa probably could have retired. He's moving up 135. He's been wanting to for a while. Glover Tech Zero appears to have retired. Shogun Hua has retired. I'm not even going to mention him beyond that. And that's just too sad to talk about. Um, so, yeah, not a great night for the Brazilians, but some good wins for them. So that was just a snippet from this week's Patreon episode. As I said earlier, if you want to uh, hear the rest of that and those uh, good wins for the Brazilians I alluded to there, be sure to check out the bonus uh, content over at www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. Until the next proper episode, whenever that may be, I imagine next week, but we'll see. Um, Peace out, have a good week, and uh, thanks for tuning in.